Good morning, Lindsley Avenue. We've got a number of people who are either out of town or who aren't uh, feeling well, who are sick, battling illnesses, and uh, it's always obvious we miss them. But uh, glad that all of you are here, glad that those of you watching from home or later are able to watch. Uh, let's keep everyone that, uh, as Jeff did in our prayer this morning, who needs our help, needs us to take them before God to do that in prayer this week. You will have trouble. I know the opening slides showed the sticker that said, hello, my name is Trouble. It seemed like I met people in high school that maybe needed that to name tag put on because wherever they showed up, they certainly weren't trouble coming. But I decided to do this one here because I suspect most of us recognize that game, Trouble. I want to see, raise your hand if you ever played the game Trouble. Looks like Phil and I are going to play it sometime this week. Uh -huh. Hit the night of the but in this case, right, you were playing this game, trying to go around the game board, popping the Pop-O-Matic, I think they trademarked that, the Pop-O-Matic thing in the middle to bounce that die around. And you were trying to get back home, only you would have trouble if somebody landed on top of you. And that trouble could come from out of nowhere. You might be just about ready to get into the little home stretch and be safe, and trouble came. And sometimes that's the way it seems to happen in our lives, trouble. I want to talk about trouble. We will have trouble. As Jeff read for us, Job, back in Job chapter 3, we read, For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. Often trouble will make us you know, not be able to rest, not be able to sleep. Often trouble will take any ease that we might have been feeling away from us. One common aspect of our lives is trouble. We all have it at some point, and it's been that way for a long, long time. I don't have any idea, none of us really do, when the book of Job was written, but it was a long, long time ago. So for at least 3,000 plus years, trouble's been a common circumstance for our lives here on the earth. So let's talk about trouble. Job 14, one and two, Job also commented like this. He said, man who is born of woman, I would change that and say woman who is born of woman, Anyone born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. We're not here very long and it seems like they're all full of trouble. We grow and wither as quickly as flowers. We disappear like shadows. Sometimes it's our lives themselves, as short as they seem, that brings us trouble. Worrying about, thinking about our mortality, our passing from this world can bring us trouble. But any of the days themselves can bring us trouble. Job knew about trouble. Remember how the book starts. It starts with everything he has being taken away from him, one after the other, including his children. It's hard to imagine somebody having had more trouble in a shorter period of time than Job had. So when he speaks of trouble, I try to pay attention. Jesus, in Matthew 16.33, said, In this world, you will have trouble. Trouble's going to come. So what can we learn about trouble? Job 5, 2 through 6, to worry yourself to death with resentment would be a foolish, senseless thing to do. I agree with that. To worry yourself about anything is really not having much benefit to you. <clears throat> to worry yourself to death with resentment would be a foolish, senseless thing to do. I have seen fools who look secure but I called down a, certain, a sudden curse on their homes. Their children never find safety, 
no one stands up to defend them in court. Hungry people will eat the fool's crops, even the grain growing among thorns, and thirsty people will envy his wealth. Evil does not grow in the soil, nor does trouble grow out of the ground. And no, indeed, we bring trouble on ourselves as surely as sparks fly up from a fire. I like this last set of verses. Evil does not grow in the soil. Evil doesn't happen from, it come from inanimate objects. It doesn't come out of the ground. Indeed, many times troubles we are experiencing, we bring on ourselves. We do something, we know we shouldn't have done it, and there are consequences. Sometimes trouble comes by our own action as a result of our own actions. And that's important to know. You know, if somebody is saying, woe is me, I have trouble, well, sometimes they have trouble because of things we did, even if we're not sure what they were, right? So we always have to keep that in mind. Too often it's a finger pointing upward, blaming the source of trouble from God, rather than perhaps I'm the source of much of my own trouble, but not always. Psalm 10, verse one, why, O Lord, do you stand away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Sometimes it does seem like God is far away in our times of trouble. I mean, that's a very common refrain. God, where are you? He's even echoed, if you will, when Jesus is facing death on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, that's a different theological discussion, but it's a common feeling that all of us can have at some point. Trouble comes. Why does it seem to come from even out of the ground? Job says it doesn't, but it sure seems like it just pops up from out of nowhere. It could be my own fault. And when I experience trouble, where's God in all of this? Look at Psalm 25, 16 through 31. I've got some dots in here because I'm leaving some things out that I'm going to look at in the next few slides. But look at how it reads with my dots in here. Okay? The psalmist says, I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Consider my affliction and my trouble. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. Sounds like somebody facing a big problem, a lot of trouble. But again, look at what I left out. Look at what the psalmist actually says, because this is gonna give us our first, our first real point to think about in terms of how we respond to trouble. How did David approach his? Take a look. Turn to me and be gracious, for I am lonely and afflicted. When I am lonely and I feel afflicted, turn to God and say, turn to me and be gracious to me. God, be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. I'm afraid sometimes people just feel like, it's, it's bizarre. Sometimes people seem to act as if they want to stay in trouble. They want to stay being afflicted. We don't have to. We don't have to. As hard as things may seem, as bad as things may seem, when we call out to God to be gracious to us, God will come and be gracious to us. Look at what he says in the next verse. The troubles of my heart are enlarged, but then his statement to God, bring me out of my distresses. What we're gonna see is that the psalmist, every time he was having trouble, called out to God to reach out to the source of his strength. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged and bring me out of my distresses. <clears throat> Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. I think we've got a lot to learn from how David looked at his troubles. 
in each case that we're looking at, he reached back out to God. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. And then verse 20. Oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. The first challenge I want to make to all of us today, myself included, is that when we face trouble, when we face bad news, when we face stress or distress, take a quick moment right away and reach out to God in prayer. Say, God, be merciful to me. Help me get through this hard time that I am facing. Psalm 105, 7, verses 4 and 5. I like this. I want you to watch this. I'm going to talk about, we're going to see several slides here, but we'll talk about people in various states of distress, various circumstances of trouble, and there's a common refrain. There's a common refrain. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. That would be really bad, like somebody lost in the desert. But look at verse 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. We've done this before. I'm going to back up. And when I show the verse, this is going to be a commonly repeated refrain. Let's all say this together. Okay? Try that with me. Let's all, let's all make it loud enough for the people at home can hear us as we say it. So I'm going to back up. I'll, I'll do this when I want us all to talk about it. Some wandered in the desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. I should cry to the Lord in my trouble. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor and they fell down with none to help. This is pretty bad too. Ready? Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea, waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths, their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm stand still. I thought about making a memory verse, asking Robbie to do something for a memory verse because I think we need to remember verse 28. We need to remember that phrase that we've repeated several times. Say it again one more time with me. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm stand still. The next time I'm facing stress, the next time I'm facing trouble, the next time any of us are, remember Cry out to the Lord, and 
he will deliver us from our distress. At the very least, he will bring the peace of God, which passes all understanding. And your brothers and sisters will come running to help and comfort. For that reason, because God is the source of all comfort, God is the one who takes care of us. Jesus in Matthew 6 said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on, because God takes care of the birds. You're so much more valuable than any of them. There's a statement of Jesus that I think we violate all the time, or a whole lot. This has got to be one of them. Because I don't know what you're anxious about, but if we were all honest and we scribbled it down on a piece of paper and put it in the collection basket, and then we tallied things up, what have you been anxious about in the last week, two or three? Some of these things would be in here. It would be things about our life that could be pretty broad. How long will I live? How will I get by in my life? How will I be able to, to have, a, have a job? Or how will I have shelter? Whatever it may be. Or where I will find my next meal or my next drink. Or about clothing. How am I going to stay warm? How will I be cooled off? Don't be anxious about those things because we are so much more valued than the birds or the lilies of the field. You need to remember what he said here in Nathan chapter 1 verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Look at that again. The Lord is good. Absolutely, the Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. Stronghold is where you run when things are going bad. In, the, in all the old westerns, it was the fort. Right? Everybody's running. You see the stagecoach. You see the horses. They're all trying to get inside the fort because trouble was coming. God is our refuge in the day of trouble. And when we take refuge in God, when we seek God as the source of our comfort, the source of our strength, He knows you. I'd never noticed this verse from Nathan. We don't read out of Nathan all that often. That what a wonderful verse. The Lord is good. Do you notice this is what Jesus said? We put this up earlier. It's from Matthew chapter 16. He said, in this world you will have trouble. Did you notice how he actually phrased that? In this world. This world you will have trouble. Take courage. I have overcome the world, Jesus said. Remember this world is temporary? It is. I don't know too many 200-year-old people. I really don't. It is in this world that we will have trouble. This world. That doesn't make any sense if in the next world we're going to have trouble as well. In this world you'll have trouble the strong statement implication here from Jesus is, and in the next you won't. In the next world, God will wipe away all tears. There won't be any sorrows. It's in this world that we have trouble. Hang on, Jesus says. Take courage because I have overcome the world. So my question this morning, a little short, but it's alright. Are you headed home you're not, your troubles are just going to stay right where they are 
be like a storm cloud that hovers over your head wherever you walk because your troubles are going to continue. They will not go away. The only way to get rid of troubles is to be looking ahead to the next world, going home to live with God. Christians have troubles. We have troubles here at Lindsley Avenue. We have problems here at Lindsley Avenue. We've seen that all year. We've seen it recently. We've seen it even further into the past. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean your troubles go away. It means we know how to handle them because we will cry out to the Lord in our distress. If you're a Christian and you've been facing troubles and you just need to cry out to the Lord in your distress, we can do that together if you want us to pray with you and for you because we all have troubles. We all need to cry out to the Lord in our distress. Here this morning and you're not a member of God's family, that's the first step in getting rid of your troubles because that will leave the trouble of sin, the, the problem of sin and the penalty for sin behind. If you come to Jesus believing that he is, that he is the one through whom forgiveness of sins is granted, commit yourself to turning away from living for yourself and living for God, and then to be immersed in water so that the old you can die in that grave of water and be raised to walk a completely new person. If there's any way we can help you, please come as we stand and sing.